everything was was kind of falling apart in a way. The final straw was a week later after that happened, one of my blogs, uh, again, hit, hit million view status. I woke up one morning and tens of thousands of people had been reading my blog and I'm thinking about my bank account. I'm broke. Immediately what happens is my talons come out. I, I pulled out my laptop and you know, my gimme, 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 gimme life, gimme. I need, I need, I need this to work for me. And I remember thinking, okay, I'll put something on my blog. I'll put a little uh, donate button or something on my blog that will, uh, so people can give me some, you know, buy me coffee or something. And I remember thinking, are you fucking kidding me? What? Your blog's being read by a million people today. And yet you're going to ask for chump change. You're going to ask for coffee. Oh no, 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 no. And I remember closing my laptop, pushing it away and saying, I am done with this. I am done begging life for scraps. Welcome to men this way, the podcast for every man who seeks to live his deepest purpose in life who's committed to showing up fully and giving his unique gifts to the world. Because if not you, then who? I'm your host and fellow journeyman, Brian Reeves. Brian with a Y, Reeves. Men, this way. Are you sure it's your circumstances holding you back? Are you sure you don't have everything you want because too many things are outside of your control? It could it be that your mindset has far more affect on your life than your circumstances? Could it be that simply changing your mindset can change your life profoundly? Well, in this episode, I mine these questions and more for useful insights to make a meaningful difference in your life. In fact, in this episode, I'm going to share a few deeply personal experiences when working to shift my own mindset that changed everything for me. In fact, I've discovered that simply working harder at whatever I'm doing basically never works, at least not to bring me the experiences I want most. Yet working with my mindset always has. Now, I confess, I don't do a good job of talking about the science or the formal research in my work, which is pretty interesting because my undergraduate degree is electrical engineering. I was a scientist in a sense, well, an engineer really, you know, uh, in the military, and my brain is very, very kind of logic-oriented and uh, truth-oriented, and, and yet... What I have found is that when it comes to really having what I want in life, that is actually that loyalty, if you will, the loyalty to logic and science and reason and rationality has actually got in my way uh, over and over and over again. It's certainly been a great gift that I have, but it also has been one of my uh, greatest curses. And a lot of what I'm going to share with you today may be confronting to the part of you that wants to hear the science. Now, not everybody cares about that. Like, if, if it works, give it to me. And, um, you know, in these days of, of uh, I mean, there's so much fraudulent research out there and biased research. And still, I am a science guy. 
and um, you know the the part of you this is the same part of me this is going to confront that part of you that argues that you can't have what you want if you don't see the money for it in your bank account and that's exactly the part of you I want to confront today you know there's tons of books uh, some you've probably heard of they've reached icon status you may even have read them like think and grow rich by Napoleon Hill and how to win friends and influence people Dale Carnegie I mean those books continue to be read by people all over the world even my current teaching guide Joe Dispenza uh, his book, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, and uh, I'll talk a little bit about that today because I believe that that book will become iconic. And that book does, Joe does actually a really great job of breaking down the science of how this mindset shifting game works by, uh, he does a really, a really fine job of illuminating how your thoughts unleash a biochemical chain reaction that ultimately essentially creates your daily destiny and how your thoughts get stored in your body. Thus, in a way, becoming like your unconscious mind, like your body becomes your unconscious mind and it makes all your choices for you. You know, like you know you're doing things that aren't good for you, maybe working too much or smoking or excessive video game or porn use or you eat like shit or you don't exercise enough or or all kinds of, of, of addictions, great and small, that you know aren't good for you and yet you continue the pattern. Maybe same thing like you're sleeping later than you want to or you're going to bed later than you want to. And again, you know this doesn't serve you but you keep doing it. It's because your subconscious mind is programmed into your body and it's not confronted or dealt with in an effective way. And so it's running the show. It's like your wounds, your old stories, your poor, uh, uh, your sabotaging patterns, they're running your life, which is why your life essentially continues to look the same no matter how much harder you work at it or no matter how much more money you make, or whether you finally get the partner you thought you always wanted, and et cetera, et cetera. Now, this topic really excites me because I believe we are on the leading edge of a profound paradigm shift, where we are learning to tap into a deeper wisdom than just our rational minds. And... It's my hope that this episode turns on that light inside of you, or rather turns up the wattage on the light inside of you that is already lit, and that you realize you are much closer to everything you want than you may right now think, and that it has nothing to do with your bank account or the condition of your body or your parents' disapproval or, or getting their approval or who's in political office or the fact that you don't yet have a partner or maybe the fact that you do have a partner and you can't do the things you want all that no rather it has everything to do with your mindset so definitely stay tuned through to the end of this episode where I share my three key takeaways on mindset work. I'm going to share some stories from my own life where this has really 
uh, mindset work has created magic, unleashed magic. And um, yeah, I'm excited to share this with you. So stay tuned to the end of this episode of Men This Way. And finally, if you want to share feedback or share what this episode has inspired in you, please email me directly at brian at brianreeves.com. It's brian with a Y at brian with a Y, reeves.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, I've actually, I actually took a little break um, in the last month or so. I didn't put out any episodes and a, a lot of you wrote to me to say, hey, where'd you go? We miss men this way. Please bring it back. And I want you to know your voices matter. They really, uh, you know, doing a podcast, it's easy to believe, you know, you've tossed these out there and put a lot of effort into these and, and it's, it's, you know, I don't get to be there with you live while you're listening. So your feedback lets me know that it serves and that it matters to you. So for those of you that wrote to me, thank you so much. I want you to know I, I hear you, I heard you, and I received you, whether through Twitter, Facebook, email. Um, yeah, thank you. Your, your feedback matters. All right, let's dive. So I just moved into a new home in the Los Angeles area. And let me tell you, this is, you know, this isn't, uh, Sylvia and I, this isn't our dream home, but this is our dream rental home. So this is our last home we're going to lease or rent before we uh, intend to buy our home. And this home came to us by I'm just going to use the word magic. And it's not really magic. I'm going to say mindset. But it seems like magic because the mindset that I was in when we first started considering leaving the home we had been living in before, which was way on the outskirts of town, uh, we had wanted a house with a yard because we have a dog. And so uh, at the time, we decided just where we were in our budget, it meant that we needed to live, uh, boy, way on the outskirts of Los Angeles and so that we could have all of that. And um, we were there for about a year or so and missing our friends, missing our community. Uh, it's not a very interesting part of town. It's very quiet. It's very... Uh, uh, you know, it's right up nestled up against uh, the mountains out there. But again, we were we were getting lonely, and we were just we just knew it was time to to leave. But then we got confronted with, I certainly got confronted with all my stories around money. Living in Los Angeles is an expensive place to live. That's a story, and I was telling it to myself. And, um. As we started to look for places, you know, I'm, I tend to say no to 19 out of 20 places. You know, they just make me, when we go looking for, for homes, uh, and I've lived in so many homes over the years, I've done this count, God, I don't even know, a hundred times in the last, you know, I've probably lived in, <laughs> I can't even imagine. Just a uh, long, long story for another time, but I've lived in many, many homes in many cities around the world in the last 30 years. And um, most places just make me sad when I think of like, why are humans living in places like this? Like, what are we doing to ourselves? 
And on top of that, again, here in Los Angeles, things are expensive. That's the story I'm telling myself. And so, you know, I had a certain limit of budget for rent that we that I wanted to pay. It wasn't really connected to reality so much as it was connected to my fears around money. My story that money is hard to come by. Uh, money is... Um, uh, you 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 gotta hold on to it because everything costs a fortune. That's my mom's. Uh, that's the story I inherited from my wonderful uh, mother, and I don't say that with any sarcasm. My mom is amazing, um, but she gave me she she uh, left me the legacy of a story around money that it's hard to come by, and everything costs a fortune. You know, uh, uh, tennis shoes, pizza. Um, I'm not talking even about b- the big things, but small things like that. You know. Uh, uh, barber, to going to the barber shop, cost a fortune. Every childhood photo of me is with a fucked up haircut because my mom cut my hair and because barbers cost a fortune. So I grew up with that story, with that mindset. And in fact, you know, I remember in the military and I was making good money. I was a captain in the U.S. Air Force and I paid well without a lot of living expenses. And yet I'd go to eat, you know, pad thai and I wouldn't get the shrimp add-on because it cost $2 extra. Shrimp costs a fortune. That was a story in my head. That story's played out in countless ways, in countless scenarios over the years, and it has had real, real consequence. Not only just that I there was a lot of shrimp I didn't eat throughout my younger days. Oh, you better believe. Sylvie and I now, we have shrimp in our refrigerator at all times. But... Anyway, when we were looking for this home, um, as I was doing my own mindset work, it's a, it's a long-standing practice that I have, and I'll share more with you about that as we as we move into this work, uh, move into this episode. But it suddenly dawned on me that wait a second, we can pay, we actually can pay more than I'm thinking we can, and we took the roof off of the limits that I had mostly set for us. And all of a sudden, you know, we've been going and seeing like every place around the budget that I had figured for us was just making me sad and, and, and uh, disheartened. And the moment we decided to raise our budget by 1000 or $1,500, I could feel the excitement in my body. And as we started looking at places, I started seeing these beautiful homes and it's my, just my spirits lifted. And um, well... Uh, probably less than a month later, we, and we had resigned ourselves to staying at that home we were in for for probably another six months, maybe a year, and that did not feel good at all. And uh, but anyway, when we lifted the 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 limit of on my mindset, particularly, well, within a few weeks, we were in this beautiful new home, and I knew within sixty seconds of walking into seeing this place that this was our home. We're, it's like we fucking nailed it. I'm so proud of us every time I just think about where we are when we, when we come home. We're just in the perfect location. It's exactly where we intended to be. It's in this tree house that reminds us of, of, of Ireland and Maryland where I grew up and where my parents still live in the woods. And, and yet we're also less than a mile from interesting city. 
We're, we're a central spot with all our friends. I mean, there's just so much magic in this place. We have two fireplaces. I mean, that was one of my requirements to have a fireplace. Now we have two and we don't have a pool, which was another one of our requirements because we had a pool before and we're just not pool people. And <laughs> so that one, I mean, this place nailed it. We don't have a pool and we have two fireplaces. We have a yard. We have a beautiful hike outside of our door where we can take our dog. I mean, it's just incredible. We're so, so happy here. And uh, mindset made this happen. But I want to start, actually, I want to go back about five years ago to where my real mindset work began. This was uh, about, I'd say, a year or two before I met Sylvie. And, I, and I'd been flirting with mindset work for most, so much of my adult life, just through all the workshops that I would go to, the books that I would read, and even the schools that I attended. And, and yet, nobody really ever called it out as mindset work. Maybe the closest was when I did Byron Katie's work. Byron Katie wrote a book called Loving What Is, which I highly, highly recommend. I recommend her work. I got to meet Byron Katie a number of times. Uh, my band that I was managing many years ago, we performed at her. We would perform at some of her her uh, workshops, her retreats, actually. And um, uh so I got to interact with her and I actually got to take her nine day school for the work, her retreat. And it was profound, just questioning my stressful thoughts for nine days in a, in a secluded location. I mean, after I did that work with Byron Katie, um, well, I couldn't have a conversation with anyone without crying for like two weeks. I was so ripped open so connected to my body to my heart to my to the deeper wisdom within to the to the reality of how i'd been lying to myself for for decades that was really kind of the first moment of just tearing open my preconceived my all my programs and stories and you know that just knocked me right off my intellectual high horse but that didn't really, you know, that was profound, but it didn't really stick. You know, it was a peak experience and then life happened again. And um, all my old patterns reasserted themselves and all the old money fears and all of that. And um, uh, a few years after that, which, you know, that brings us up to about five years ago, I hit bottom. And now bottom for me meant that I had been so afraid of running out of money that, you know, when I was an, I'd been an entrepreneur for a number of years, you know, everything from managing bands to producing events in Los Angeles in particular to, um, uh, you know, transformational entertainment events. I was doing amazing work that I loved working with people like, uh, Marianne Williamson and Eckhart Tolle and, uh, um, gosh, I mean, I produced events that uh, and uh, that feature like Deepak Chopra and, and Neil Donald Walsh and just all uh, the Oracle of Tibet. I mean, all these amazing, amazing teachers and and um, profound, profoundly inspiring personalities and wisdom guides. And yet, in a way, you know, I was hit, I was heading towards bottom because my fear around money, in particular, my 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 lack consciousness, you could say, uh, was 
catching up with me. And again, I was having a really amazing experience in life and meeting lots of amazing people. But um, at the core of my thoughts was still this fear that I don't deserve money, for example. And, and now I'm going to, as I share with you my story, I'm really sharing with you, for me, my biggest sort of where, where it showed up for me was around money. But even beneath that, it was really around love, being not worthy of love. And in fact, I attached money to love. One of my operating stories, my mindsets was, if I don't have money, no woman will love me. If I don't have money, no woman will love me. And you can imagine how that just fucked me up because uh, I would... You know, particularly as an entrepreneur, as I was heading towards bottom, you know, and, and by bottom, I just mean I had no money anymore. And because I'd always had some, I'd always had money or resources at my disposal anyway, but because I was so afraid of running out of money, I couldn't really enjoy them. I wouldn't invest in the experiences that would have really. Uh, added fuel to my business that would have inspired me, for example. I wouldn't go to conferences or networking events. Uh, I wouldn't, again, I just, I, I, I wouldn't even fly home uh, from LA to Maryland to see my family, which was always very grounding and inspiring and, and helpful in many ways. Uh, I missed a, a, one of my dear friends from the military died um, uh, due to uh cancers that he had from his time in the Gulf War, I didn't go to his funeral because I of my story that I can't afford it. So, you know, my life was just contracting in all these kinds of ways that were becoming more and more, um, having more and more consequences, you could imagine. And all the while, I'm trying to build a business. I'm trying to, I mean, again, everything from producing events, uh, uh, connecting with these amazing transformational teachers and leaders, um, to starting my own coaching practice. My doggy having a little shake. Uh, she's agreeing, like, mm-hmm, preach it, preach it, preach it. And um, so eventually... I found myself living with a dear friend of mine. His name is Kyle Cease. You, some of you listening to this, you may have heard of Kyle. He does. Uh, he's a, a I call him a transformational comedian. And um, you know, I I had a mindset that really fueled possibility in terms of the kind of work I could do. I mean, uh, you know, I had a very adventurous mindset, but when it came to money. Boy, I had no idea how to make money. And now here I was. Uh, Kyle had invited me to come uh, stay and rent his guest room on the outskirts of L.A. In, a be- in the beautiful hills of Calabasas. It was an amazing opportunity. And here was a man. Kyle was crushing it, you know, doing what he loves and making a lot of money doing it. And I wanted to be around that energy. I wanted to sort of see, okay, how do you do that? What does that look like? 
And you know, one of the things that I so loved about Kyle was, again, he was very just possibility driven, very much like me, adventurous in the sense of, oh, I have an idea. I'm going to try something. I think it might work and let me do it and try it. But what Kyle also had, though, was that he had he didn't have the mindset limitations around money that I had. And so it was interesting to be in his presence for uh, about a year as he as I just watched him kind of begin his uh, his uh, he does these these programs called Evolving Out Loud uh, that he you know, he fills a room with, you know, 2000 people and just talks for two days and it's entertaining and brilliant and funny and inspiring and it changes people's lives. And so um, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of you know, living with him, watching him evolve in the early stages of that work. And yet, and, and I'm, I'm writing my blogs and my blogs are exploding and, you know, I'm having millions of people read my blogs, but I'm more and more broke I'm more and more broke. I, I had an opportunity to work with a, a coach at that time who, she, a woman, she charged $5,000. She was an old friend of mine, and I thought she did she did brilliant work. I wasn't really looking for a coach at that time because, you know, I figured I, I can figure this out for myself. I'm going to muscle my way through it. And by the way, right, money's hard to come by. $5,000, I can't afford that. I don't need a coach anyway. I can't afford it. $5,000. I only had $7,000 in the bank. And I remember telling this coach at the time, this is before I lived with Kyle, I remember telling her, oh, I can't, I can't afford you. I don't have the money. And I forget, I think a couple weeks later, because she, again, she was a friend, so we would talk even outside of the coaching context. I remember a few weeks later, she found out that I had $7,000 in the bank. I probably confessed it in her, just, just shared it. I just, I thought that she would get that, yeah, I only have $7,000, which means I can't afford you because you cost $5,000. <laughs> that was my logic. She called me a liar. She said, you lied to me. You do have the money. I was like, no, I don't. I only have $7,000. You cost $5,000. I don't have, of course I don't have the money. What I was saying, what I was really saying, and I love that she called me out on it, but uh, what I was really saying is, I'm terrified that I'm going to run out of money and this $7,000 is my is my life preserver and so I'm not going to give it to you because I don't believe that I can have any more money than what I already have so I'd be a fool to 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 let this go on something so silly as coaching what is that and uh she called me a liar and I was like Eh, yeah, definitely not working with you. That was sort of my attitude at the time. And um, and uh, I'm going to circle back to her because uh, this played a big role in my journey forward uh, a few years later. But anyway, so when I'm living with Kyle, uh, my blogs are taking off. And but my money is literally running out. I'd started my coaching practice. I'm making maybe twelve hundred, maybe a thousand to fifteen hundred bucks a month. And uh, you know, Kyle's only charging me like eight hundred dollars a month in rent. He's doing me a huge favor. You know, I'm, we're friends, and he's he's doing me a solid. And still, I'm running out of money. And it came to the point where. I wasn't sure. I was about 
30 days away from not being able to pay Kyle even the $800 he was renting his room to me for. And yet my blogs were taking off. And in fact, um, about a week before my massive mindset transformation happened for me, my truck, my truck, my, my sole precious possession, the thing that had carried me across the country with my music band, uh, the thing that had brought me to Burning Man three times, that had carried all of my belongings for the last few years and, and had just made my life possible uh, on the West Coast at all. Um, it, was, it, it, had, it was breaking down. On the 101 freeway, it damn near shut off. Uh, I was doing about 75 miles an hour in the fast lane, maybe 80, when the power started to flicker. I barely got over to the side of the road when it completely shut off and coasted to a stop on the shoulder. And, and I lost my power steering. I wouldn't have been able to steer had that happened right on the road. So uh, on the actual freeway. <sighs> Everything was was kind of falling apart in a way. And finally, the final straw was a week later after that happened, one of my blogs, uh, again, hit, hit million view status. I woke up one morning and tens of thousands of people had been reading my blog and I'm thinking about my bank account. I'm broke. And I immediately what happens is my talents come out, you know, my, um, my, my, I, I pulled out my laptop and, you know, my gimme, 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 gimme life, gimme. I need, I need, I need this to work for me. And I remember thinking, okay, I'll put something on my, on my blog. I'll put a little, uh, a little donate button or something on my blog that will, uh, that will, uh, so people can give me some, you know, buy me coffee or something. And I remember thinking, are you fucking kidding me? What? Your blog's being read by a million people today. And yet, you're going to ask for chump change? You're going to ask for coffee? Oh, no. No, 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 no. And I remember closing my laptop, pushing it away, and saying, I am done with this. I am done begging life for scraps. I went out for a walk. I just went that day. Uh, I walked up my the, the hill outside my home um, in beautiful Calabasas. And I and 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 on this walk, I had a conversation with life, and I I would say more like I went on a rant with life. And as I stood on top of this hill in these these beautiful open hills, uh, um, kind of golden wheat colored hills, rolling hills, just north of L.A., and I. I, I did what, what I now call a practice of command and surrender. I was like for 15, 20 minutes, I was like a madman speaking to everything around me, to the moon, that the moon was out that afternoon, to the coyotes, to the dirt, to the earth, to the trees, to the horizon, to the blue sky, to the clouds, to to my body. And I just said, I, I am done begging life for scraps. I am done hustling and trying to make everything happen and take this on my shoulders. I'm done. I surrender. Life, if you want to take my truck, take my, the rest of my money, take it. 
I know who I am. I know what I am here to do, to say, to I am here to be a warrior of love, of truth, of of service, and as and and I will continue to do what I know I'm here to do and whatever that looks like and whatever whatever form that takes and I will continue to answer the call until I die. It doesn't matter how much money I have. It doesn't matter if I have a truck, if I have a home. I will continue to show up. And life, you do your part, I'll do mine. Life, you bring me the people, the resources, the team to make this work work, to to make what I do, to support what I do, to, to be successful at what you brought me here to be successful at. Right, I, this, and this is what I said for like twenty minutes. I just anyone, anything that would listen, and I'm—I literally mean, I, coyotes, listen, moon, listen. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to life. I am life. So, so what I did in that practice was this really, really uh, intense and emotional uh, surrender to to life, to partnership with life while simultaneously commanding, sort of standing in what I desire and, and what I stand for through my work. And, and, and then I walked down the hill and I felt unstoppable. Let me tell you, I felt unstoppable walking down that hill. And I walked in, uh, I, I don't think Kyle was right there. I mean, he might, I think he showed up maybe 30, 40 minutes later. Oh, and while I was on that hill, I also made a, a proclamation. I said, life, if I'm supposed to be at this, at what's called A-Fest in Mexico in this coming week, it was this big uh, networking conference, uh, this prestigious networking conference where some of the most amazing, um, <coughs> excuse me, visionary creators and, you know, artists and and uh, thought leaders and all that would, would, would gather at the end of that week, it was it was sold out. There was um, it would have cost me probably about four thousand dollars to go, even if I could have bought a ticket uh, just for the the conference fee plus my airfare and all uh, food, all that. So, and I and remember, I can't even afford Kyle's rent right now. And by the way, I knew about this because Kyle was speaking at it. He was the keynote speaker at this conference. Um, but I didn't have a ticket. And Kyle uh, hadn't, I mean, he told me about it and he's like, you know, if you can get there, you should go. So anyway, I didn't know how I was going to get there. And um, I said on that hill, if I'm supposed to be in Mexico this Thursday, you get me there. It was a Sunday afternoon. If I'm supposed to be there, you get me there. If I'm not, then I won't be there and I'm good with that. Anyway, I came down the hill and I was unstoppable and just... Uh, when Kyle showed up 45, maybe 30, 40 minutes later, I was just so excited and enthusiastic about life. I just said I'd flipped a switch inside of me. And it's interesting. Kyle all of a sudden had this epiphany. He said, you know what, Brian? Hey, you should come with me to A-Fest, man. You know what? I want you. Will you help me sell my DVDs when I'm when I'm after my presentation? I was like, hell yes, of course. He's like, look, I'm going to pay your ticket. I'm going to, I, I, I bet you I can get you, it's sold out, but I'm sure, you know, I'm not taking a guest. I bet you I can get, get them to give me a guest. Anyway, long story short, four days later, I was in Mexico at this conference. Let me tell you, after coming down from that hill, everything changed for me. 
everything. The very next morning, I had a client, uh, an introductory session with a client uh, that I knew he was going to. I'd never met him before, spoken with him. I knew that he was going to say yes to coaching with me. In fact, my only disappointment was at the time I was charging $1,500 for three months. He said yes to me before we were halfway through our conversation. My only disappointment was I immediately knew I was asking for too little money for three months. And in fact, two weeks later, I got my my first client who paid me at that time $3,200 for three months. And um, again, same thing. That guy just said yes to me before before we'd even got off the phone. He'd given me his credit card and we were off and running. Like when I became unafraid to not have money, when I shifted my mindset around money, all of a sudden money started to come to me. Opportunities that weren't even available to me. Kyle didn't even have the inspiration to bring me on that trip with him until I did my own inner work around money, until I came down from that hill unstoppable, just a completely different energy space based on shifting my mindset around money. And everything changed for me. Even I went to back to work to want to, 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 to work with that coach a few months or around that same time. That was in the November. And by the way, oh, there's just so much to this story and I don't have time to go into it. I want to keep this as short as possible. But so much changed within, in Mexico, I even met my, what I would call my dream team uh, on a boat, on a, on a random encounter the team that would basically take my amateur bullshit website that I had created myself because I was so afraid to spend money on a professional doing my website. They would essentially, within two months, give me a, a beautiful website that I didn't pay anything for. Um, it's just amazing what was unleashed when I did that mindset work. And when I went back to work with this coach, interestingly, she was now $7,500 for three months. And, but I was ready and I still didn't, I still didn't have a lot of money coming in, but it didn't matter because I was no longer afraid to not have money. So I actually had less money than I had the first time I came to her, but I was ready now. And uh, I would work with her for about the next nine months and we went to work on my mindset. And in the course of that year, you know, we tackled all so many of my, my um, limiting, well, I call them limiting beliefs at the time. Now I call them survival beliefs. You know, if I don't have money, no woman will love me. It's a survival belief, the fear that I'm not going to have love. So, you know, that, that belief keeps me alive in a way. You know, make sure that I have money. Um, If I don't have money, I can't participate in life. Notice, Notice the survival focus of that. If I don't have money, I can't participate in life. I'd had this vision of of running out of money and then having to go live in my mom's basement in Maryland. And then I'm going to be a 40-year-old man living in my mom's basement in Maryland. Oh my God, just shoot me now. (laughs) <laughs> put me out of my misery now. Who's going to love that man? Certainly not me, right? That's where my mindset was leading me. And ironically, 
that mindset was choking the life out, the vitality out of my life, such that that could have been the outcome had I stayed there, right? I could have wound up a 40-year-old man living in my mom's basement with no money and, and who doesn't love himself. That might have been where that went. Um, but in doing that mindset work, of course, that never ever happened. In fact, quite the opposite. Because what happened is in that in that mindset work, I discovered that, wait a second, money has nothing to do with how I love. And even in in that, all of a sudden I realized, wow, even if I do have to go live with my mom in her basement in Maryland, that I can be the most loving man on the fucking planet. What woman wouldn't be lucky to be loved by that man? Wow, that was so enabling and empowering to me. All of a sudden, I was able, all the money that came in, and I spent the next year, all the money that was coming in, and now, you know, my income trebled, quadrupled. I mean, I was making consistently now seven to $10,000 a month where just previously I was making, if lucky, $1,000 a month when I, on a good month. And now, I mean, but all that money, I was spending it. I was building my business. I was going on adventures and experiences and conferences and, and investing in my website, in my team, uh, in my own coaching, right? Um, all of that work because I was no longer afraid to not have money. And now I, and with that mindset, I had my first, uh, my first six figure year of coaching. Fascinating. It just utterly fascinates me. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of where this really all began to turn the corner for me personally. That was about five years ago. And you know what I love about mindset work is that it really is applicable in every 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 situation. And I've I've been a a, a kind of an optimistic mindset for most of my life. You know, one of my clients not long ago called me uh, the silver lining guru. It's actually during when uh, you know Sylvie and I we got together. It was again a product of mindset. Uh, that's a whole that's a whole another story how Sylvie and I met again where my mindset where my refusal to let my money fear make my choices that led me down a path to meeting Sylvie to being in a situation where uh, it's just remember you think about it if I'm afraid no woman will love me and this is what I would do when I was afraid no woman would love me if I didn't have money I would never ask out a woman that I really wanted to ask out because I was sure, well, she'll find out I can't afford her. It was my mindset. So I'd reject me before I gave a woman an opportunity to say yes or no for that matter. All right? That's one of the great ironies of this mindset work as, I, as I've discovered over and over and over that the thing I fear most is the thing I create. The thing I fear most is the thing I create. If I don't have money, I can't participate in life. So 
I shut everything down. I don't participate in life. I don't go out to dinner with friends because I'm afraid I can't afford it. I mean, rather than just going out and if I want to be money conscious, I could just, you know, have a drink or have an appetizer, but I just wouldn't go out at all. Um, anyway, on and on and on and on and on. And I'll share a few uh, uh, client stories uh, here here in a moment uh, when I share my three key takeaways. But um this work just over and over and over has this mindset work has been the most profound work of my life and and recently well i was telling you about my when when sylvie and i got together and when we broke up i want to just complete that really quick because we broke up sylvie broke up with me six months into our relationship and i had a moment during that breakup where i thought sylvie abandoned me she abandoned me And as I was doing my own mindset work, and this is something that I do in my coaching sessions with my clients, and I continue to do with myself, and I was able to shift that mindset into Sylvie, not Sylvie abandoned me. You know, in in that story, Sylvie abandoned me. There's all, it's just victimhood, victimhood, anger, and resentment, bad feeling in my body, and then just, you know, awful ways of being in, in, in my actual behavior. Well, I was able to shift that into Sylvie saved me. Basically, in other words, another way of saying that is like she reminded me that I'm actually okay, even if she doesn't want to love me, even if the woman that I want to love for the rest of my life doesn't want to love me back. I'm actually okay. I'm okay. She saved me. Right. I, 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 I mean, I remember spending, you know, the, the three weeks that we were apart, I spent a lot of time in that exploration of how actually uh, her leaving me saved me. Now, I wrote an article called Thank You for Leaving Me. And it wasn't sarcastic. It wasn't cynical. It was genuinely thank you for leaving me because of all that you reminded me all that 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 this is reminding me of just how beautiful and lovable I am no matter whether you want to love me or not essentially anyway um so recently what I want to share with you is recently in my in my men's group um one of my I have a weekly men's group that I meet with here in LA and one of the men in my group brought Joe Dispenza's book Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself he brought it into us uh, my friend he is a, a screenwriter and he shared um, you've all probably seen some of his movies but anyway he when he started doing Joe's meditations he had a week in which he made uh uh, um, and I hope uh, hope he doesn't mind me, me sharing this, but I'll leave him anonymous. But he had a week in which he made half a million dollars, kind of out of nowhere, just these magical serendipitous experiences. And so, and and I hadn't been. Um, what I loved when he when my friend brought Joe's book into my awareness, I decided I immediately knew I had to get this book. And so I did. I got I got it, and I I read it within four days, and I started doing the meditations. And what I love, I shared about this in the intro to this episode, that Joe breaks down the biochemistry, how our thoughts become feelings, become uh, outcomes. Basically, the unleashing of all the neurochemicals and the the pathway through which the biological pathway through which 
our mindset really does create our what I love how he languages it. He calls it our personality or our personal reality. And that there are ways, and this is the work I've been doing for years. And I think that's why I really got excited when my friend brought Joe's book into my awareness because I didn't really have a good kind of scientific biological basis for how this really all worked. And Joe brought that to me. Uh, through his book. And I highly recommend his book, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. I actually have a meditation that I created. So Joe, there's a meditation in his book where he guides you through this process of breaking the habit of being yourself. (coughs) Excuse me, taking on these limiting mindsets, limiting beliefs, or these survival stories and shifting them into, in your body, into Kind of like what I did on that on that hilltop, uh, that my my command and surrender practice. Well, he has a, a an hour long meditation which I re recorded and uploaded to YouTube, and I'll put it in the show notes of this episode uh, to get to make it a twenty five minute meditation, breaking the habit of being yourself. And uh, I recommitted to doing this inner work, and you know my morning practice these days is I will do a 20 to 30 minute meditation, either silent or guided using the one that I created where I'm stepping into. It's really, again, my command and surrender practice because I still have these these survival beliefs. I still have these fear-based stories. A lot of times when I'm working with clients, I'll tell them about the, uh, I'll use the example of the the movie, A Beautiful Mind with Russell Crowe, where if you've seen that movie, you'll recall that he's schizophrenic, meaning, uh, and I don't know if he's actual schizophrenic, but he has these personalities in his head that aren't real in the sense that they aren't uh, uh, separate people on the outside world, but to him, they're real. And this is what I believe we all have. We all have these voices in our head that other people can't see, but they're real to us. And a lot of those voices are not kind. They're fear-based voices. They're, they're, but they're speaking the language of survival. Don't get hurt. Don't get rejected. Don't die. Don't uh, be alone, right? And Doing this mindset work, what that enables us to do, what it has enabled me to do, is not get rid of those voices. Those voices are still there. My mom's voice of that that I that I've made my own. You know, everything costs a fortune. It still lives in my head. But like at the end of the movie, A Beautiful Mind, that voice is now. It's like a character in in the movie. The actors that portrayed his voices at the end of the movie, they're all huddled you know, 20 feet behind him in a huddle and they're just standing there looking at him like they're there. You know, the program is there. He's just learned to discern between what's reality and what isn't. And those voices are, ironically, they're telling you the reality. You know, look, you're, you're, look at your bank account. You can't afford this. You can't afford coaching, Brian. You only have $7,000 in your bank account. She costs $5,000. You can't afford that. Right? <laughs> I mean, oh my goodness. Well, we learn to discern that those voices don't need to make our decisions for us. And so, you know, my morning practice is to continue. I do this work almost every day, uh, at least five, six days a week. 
And I also, another one of my teachers that I study right now with, of course, I have a coach, I have a therapist um, myself, but I, uh, but daily I work with Joe Dispenza's work and I also, uh, Abraham Esther Hicks. I do about a 10 minute, 10 to 15 minute yoga stretching and I'm listening to Abraham Esther Hicks. And, uh, you know, regardless of where her information is coming from, uh, I, same deal. Her work is profoundly calming to my resistant, fearful mind. Her work, I listen, she's got a million videos on YouTube and they're all just audios. You're just listening to them. You don't really see, which is great. They're her, of her live talks, working with audience members and, and, um, it's mindset work. It her words, her message helps calm my resistance, helps calm the part of me that needs to get, you know, to make life give me what I want, you know, to to the, that part of me that that you know pulls out my laptop and and wants to beg, demand, manipulate life to give me give me the money I need to not fail, to not be homeless, to not be unlovable, right? That voice, that character is still very much alive in my head. I just do my consistent practice work to not let it make my choices. And it's made all the difference. I'm in a gorgeous new home. I'm in my dream home, my dream rental home. Uh, I, I told Sylvie a couple, like a year ago, our dream, our dream home is that the, the we're going to buy right now it's a 1.8 million dollar home in uh in the Sherman Oaks area of Los Angeles. Well, we're in a 1.2 million dollar home in the Sherman Oaks area of Los Angeles. And uh so it's our dream rental home. So it's amazing. I mean, we're on our way. I'm in this gorgeous home with my beautiful, amazing wife with Sylvie. This incredible woman that I waited a lifetime for. And our sweet little dog, Yellow Jean. I mean, this is all I ever wanted. And I have it. I'm living it. And just five years ago, I didn't even know how I would pay rent in my friend's guest bedroom. And yet here I am living my, living the dream I always, always, always saw myself felt in my being and my spirit and my soul that I was destined to live doing work I love with a beautiful woman at my side and a ridiculously sweet dog uh, at my feet. And she's literally, if you might have heard her shaking uh, her <laughs> during this, at this interview, she's literally at my feet while I'm recording this. So I want to finish with my three key takeaways. Thank you for, for, for listening to my stories. And there's so much more I could share with you about all of this. And who knows, if we work together, if we coach together, then uh, to, to work on your mindset as well, who knows, maybe I'll share with you some of these, some more of my stories personally as you uh, are creating your own. But here are my three key takeaways. Number one. Working harder can create incremental changes in your life. Incremental changes. But only working to create a new mindset can create massive changes and quickly. I have seen no correlation between working harder and making more money. None. In fact, there have been 
periods in my life where I worked my fucking ass off, where I worked 16-hour days for months on end, and that had no impact on making more money. In fact, I made... Uh, in fact, when I managed the music band, I worked a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. I worked so much. I never got a vacation for five years because when the band's on vacation, the manager's uh, planning the, the next tour, for example, or, or the next album. Um, I made very little money doing that work. Now, I loved it and, I, and, it, and that work formed a foundation of what I do today in many ways, but it had nothing to do with you know, making my circumstances better. It's working to create a new mindset, doing that work first, that makes the difference. I know I have a lot of work. I have a very successful coaching business, online program business. I'm doing this podcast. I still write blogs. I'm active on social media. But I know that when I do that work from a place of stress, a place of of angst, in, in my have-to stories or need-to stories, it doesn't go well. I certainly don't enjoy my day. I definitely don't make any more money. You know, you might, again, you might make incremental changes, but the biggest, most massive changes that have happened, the phase shifts in my life have happened. Paradigm, total, total paradigms changed. Like being in this house have happened by sitting in the morning for 30 minutes or working with a coach and doing my mindset work. Key takeaway number two, it's exceedingly difficult to do mindset work without support. After all, you can't see what you can't see. And if you want to break through persistent thoughts that just don't serve you and shift them to thoughts that do, you need help from someone who isn't also stuck in your thoughts. I've shared with you, you know, I have my own coach. I also work with a therapist to do some some sort of deeper childhood stuff. Uh, I every day do work with Joe Dispenza and Abraham Hicks. Um, again, I've been practiced in this a long time. So I have my teachers, but still working with a coach one-on-one has been the most profoundly helpful work I've ever done. You know, my own clients, uh, I've worked with, uh, I'll share just sort of three quick examples, uh, actually four kind of mindset shifts. I worked with a lawyer a number of years ago who, uh, Ivy League trained lawyer who was carrying this lifelong story. I don't have what it takes to succeed. And so she was working in an industry where she didn't, didn't feel honored and feel valued by the men largely that didn't wouldn't didn't value uh women in their profession and she was miserable doing that work and through our coaching work together she learned to shift that mindset into i will honor myself no matter what and not just as an intellectual idea not just an empty affirmation you say into the mirror every day but rather to feel it in her body I will honor myself no matter what. And she started turning around her interview. She was looking for new lawyer work and she would go in. She, before she would go into these interviews and think, I hope they like me. And of course she would be treated like dirt in these interviews more or less. And she turned that around and, and started asking, boy, I hope they're worthy of me changed everything for her. She actually ended up launching her own practice, her own, created her own uh, law firm. Uh, 
because I will honor myself no matter what. Another man that I worked th- with going through a very painful, painful breakup was was kind of, he was so much suffering and he was telling the story, I'm losing it. I'm losing it. I'm losing it. I'm losing the woman. I'm losing my mind. I'm losing my heart. I'm losing my life, all that. And through our work, he was able to shift that mindset into, wait, I'm finding it. I'm finding it. I'm finding the truth. I'm finding out more about me. I'm finding my heart. I'm finding my resiliency, right? Everything changed for him. You know, the military soldier, uh, uh, there was a military soldier that I worked with. This was the client that called me his silver lining guru. Um, he, he was, had, he was 20 years in the military and he was, uh, on the verge of, of leaving his command. And, and one of the stories that he kept carrying with him, you know, uh, was if I disappoints, if I disappoint someone, it means I've failed. So he was the ultimate people pleaser, even as a, a powerful uh, military colonel. And uh, but his, you know, his intimate personal relationships were uh, in a shambles. And because of that fear of disappointing someone, it means I'm a failure. And of course, I was rooted in childhood, uh, but through coaching work, mindset work, he was able to discover that I can always live my free, full life no matter what other people's expectations of me are. Again, not just as an empty idea, but as an embodied experience. Changed everything. Um, A couple that I worked with, husband, living in this story, uh, you know, every time his wife came to him with an upset or uh, just she needed something from him, he had this story that I don't have what she needs. And in the story, I don't have what she needs. What would happen? Frustration, resentment, wanting to run away, wanting to resist, you know, to fight back because if I don't have it, don't ask me for it, you know, that kind of thing. And of course, you know, their relationship was on the rocks. It was really struggling. And he was able to just shift even that simple mindset into wait. I do have what she needs. Notice, it wasn't, I know what she needs and I'm going to give it to her. It was just, I do have what she needs. And what he discovered was actually so much of what she just needs is his presence, his listening, his patience. That's it. He always has that. Again, it changed everything when he was able to practice with that mindset in the moment. So this brings me to key takeaway number three. There's just some examples I wanted to share with you of how powerful mindset work is, especially working with support. You can't see what you can't see. And here's key takeaway number three. Your mindset in any given moment is rooted in only either fear or love. Your mindset in any given moment is only ever rooted in either fear or love. And by fear, I mean scarcity, lack, worry, distrust in life, in yourself, survival mind. If you go back and listen to this again, and a lot of the different mindsets that I that I shared with you from myself or from past clients, it's all about survival, the fear of I'm not going to survive. If I don't, you know, the mindset is all about I need to survive. That's fear, fear-based mindset. And by love, I mean abundance, possibility, trust, Trust in life. Trust in your deepest heart's truth. Trust that life will show you the way and it will be magnificent. In other words, the mindset rooted, by having a mindset rooted in love, 
I, I'm talking about one that trusts everything is always working out for the greater good, which includes your good too, right? This is the mindset of partnership with life. And that's key takeaway number three. So again, those three key takeaways. Number one, working harder can create incremental changes in your life, but only working to create a new mindset can create massive changes quickly. Number two, it's exceedingly difficult to do reliable mindset work without support. Get support, whatever that looks like for you. Work with someone Go to workshops, work with a coach, you know, read Joe Dispenza's book, but do your mindset work. It's exceedingly difficult to do it without support because you can't see what you can't see. Number three, your mindset in any given moment is rooted in only either fear or love. So here's my challenge for you. In this coming week, notice your stressful stories, the conclusions you're making, the repeated thoughts that you have. You, you may, uh, early in this episode, I, I kept saying, life in, life in Los Angeles is expensive. It's so easy to just take that for granted as the truth, but it's a story. It's expensive. For who? For my mindset, for my mom. <laughs> For anyone who believes life is expensive, there are plenty of people that live in Los Angeles for whom it's chump change to live here. And it's just a mindset. Now, anyway, I know there's a lot of rabbit hole. Just notice, even my mind wants to go down the rabbit hole of objections, of saying how things really are. You know, oh, there's just so many objections that arise. Just notice, my mind does the same thing. Just notice them. Notice your stressful stories, conclusions, and repeated thoughts that just don't serve you. They cause contraction in your body. They cause you to not feel good, and they cause you to act out in ways that don't serve you, make choices that don't serve you. Then hire a coach, hire a therapist, particularly in therapy, I particularly like uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, right? It's similar to mindset work to help shift this. But work with somebody. Yeah, get Joe Dispenza's book. Read it. But there's no substitute for being in conversation with another human being who can support you, who can call you out like my coach did when I said, I only had seven grand. I can't afford you. You're five grand. I only have seven. And she's like, you're a liar. Now, mind you, I stopped working with that coach uh, and that's a, a podcast for another time because she had some abusive boundary violating qualities to her work that I'm so glad I experienced. But I'm also really grateful that she called me a liar because she was right. I was lying to myself. And it was such a great lesson because as one of the things as a coach I've realized when someone tells me they can't afford it uh, to work with me, um, I know that they're almost certainly not telling me the truth. I'll never call him a liar. I won't call you a liar if you tell me that because um, I know that you really believe what you're saying just as I believed what I was saying. Um, but I'll always tell a client, you know, if, if paying to work with me means you can't feed your children or you can't pay your rent, you, like literally you just won't be able to pay your rent, choose, choose, you know, choosing between working with me, paying your rent, pay your rent. Don't work with me. I'm not the right coach for you. But 
the but that is pretty that the 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 likelihood that that's real is for you is almost zero um there are so many ways to there's so much money available to you there's so much love available to you you are love you are money you are abundance and that's that is the beautiful profound power of mindset work is wow it's like it's like the subtitle to Napoleon Hill's book basically change your mind change your life that's the subtitle to Napoleon Hill's book think and grow rich because when you change your mind you change your as Joe Dispenza says your personal reality or your personality so do your mindset work all right well, thank you so much for listening. I trust this serves you. This plants the seed or waters the, the, the shoot already growing within you. And again, don't worry if you couldn't write anything down. Just go to the show notes at brianreeves.com slash menthiswaypodcast where I'll share my resources, including a link to Joe's book, including a link to the guided meditation that I recorded on YouTube so you can try it out for yourself, as well as my three key takeaways. And if you'd like to explore working with me to do your own profound mindset work, go to brianreeves.com coaching, or just email me at support at brianreeves.com. If you were served by this and you think others should hear it too, please share the episode or just write a review so that you too can lead more men this way. Write a review, please, on your podcast app. Your words do make a difference. And don't forget to subscribe yourself while you're at it. I'm your thriving life and relationship coach, Brian Reeves. Brian with a Y, Reeves. Until soon, keep your head up your breath relaxed, and your thoughts inspired.